You're listening to Freedom Christian Fellowship's podcast. So I, I did speak to you a few weeks ago about um, not the necessity of church, right? But the necessity of the body of Christ functioning properly through the exchange of spiritual gifts, be, being united in that, and how God moves among us. Um, and I, I want to spend a little bit of time recapping that. Some of you may not have been here for it, and if you were, um, I think we can hear it again and again and again and again and again. Um, so what I want to do is just kind of recap a little bit of the scripture, and, and I, I want to I don't want to read it straight out of the text because I think it's important for us to see it and to hear it and to know it. Okay, so if we have uh, Romans twelve four through eight. For just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, so in Christ we, though many, form one body, and each member belongs to all of the others. We have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it is serving, then serve. If it is teaching, then teach. If it is to encourage, then give encouragement. If it is giving, then give generously. If it is to lead, do it diligently. If it is to show mercy, do it cheerfully. Right? And then over and again in 1 Corinthians 12, starting in verse 8. I'm going to go 8, 8 through 11. To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. To one is given through the Spirit utterance of wisdom. To another the utterance of knowledge according to the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healing by the one Spirit. To another, the working of miracles. To another, prophecy. To another, discernment of spirits. To another, various kinds of tongues. To another, the interpretation of tongues. All these are activated by one and the same Spirit, who allots to each one individually, just as the Spirit chooses. And we're going to look at 15 through 21, same chapter. If the foot would say, because I'm not a hand, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less part of the body. And if the ear would say, because I'm not an eye, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the hearing be? If the whole body were hearing, where would the sense of smell be? But as it is, God arranged the members in the body, each one of them as he chose. If all were a single member, where would the body be? As it is, there are many members, yet one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you, nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. On the contrary, the members of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. And then jumping down, lastly, to verse 26. This is where it it, it comes home. If one member suffers, all suffer together with it. If one member is honored, all rejoice together with it. Now you are the body of Christ and individually members of it. There's not really a lot I need to say about that, I guess. I mean, we could go home, we could go eat, right? Um, it's, but I'm going to recap it a little bit, just for emphasis sake. 
If we look back at verse 7, and I, th- and I think we have these individually now. It has been given to each for the common good, right? Two important things there again. Each person, you receive the Holy Spirit with that is the manifestation of the Spirit, spiritual gifts. At least one. And it's given to each, not for your own satisfaction, not for your own growing up, not for your own discipling, not so you can enjoy that. That happens, but for the common good. You know, and and it has been given. It's not, we don't, we're going to have ministry time. You don't come and pray that God will impart his spirit to you. You already have it. It's a matter of, of finding how it manifests in you and being obedient in that. And again, we suffer and we rejoice together. We're supposed to be living this life together. right? We don't go to the same church. We are part of the same body. We live the life of church together. And again... Each one belongs to the body. Each one, each one doesn't just belong. It's not like you have a place. You're a necessity. Right? Pick a, pick a body part you want to live without. <laughs> who, who here is the, uh, the appendix? <laughs> you gone. Um... Just kidding. So, and, and so what, what we really see is, is a big way God has, has chosen to speak to us and disciple us is through each other. Yeah. Right. You know, and, and, and just, just quickly for reference, uh, pull up uh, Galatians 6 2. Uh, bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. Um, quickly again, James 5 16. Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. Like this isn't a, this isn't a spectator event, yeah. you know. If if we're going to confess our sins to one another so that we may be healed, I have to know your name to begin with, right? I have to know who you are. I have to know about you. I have to be to be connected to you on a spiritual level. I have to think about you more than, hey man, how you been? Knowing you're going to go great. Okay, so we can, we can understand that, right? This isn't difficult material. So um, what's, what's the next step? What's the next question? Is, is that it? Is it just as simple as knowing that, doing that? Not really. I mean, kind of, but not really, right? Because that, um, that, that's a foundation. And, and, and to me, as I was going through this, I think the, the question that, that resonated with me and the question that I, that, the topic I've, I've discussed with, with several of you is, do we want this to be a place where the presence and the power of God is active? Because what we're really talking about is, is, is changing the idea from the, the, the channel for the Holy Spirit being whoever's here and whoever's here to being everybody. 
Think about the power that's in that. Think about the difference when each person is moving in obedience and in faith and in power in the gift that God has put in them. You know, I'm, I'm going off the rails with my notes, but the, what, what's the mission of Freedom Christian Fellowship? Anybody? Set the captives free through... Okay, now what that doesn't mean is that the mission of the church is that we set the captives free through the praise and the proclamation of Andy and of Justin. It's the mission of Freedom Christian Fellowship. That's me, and that's you, and that's everybody here. That's the body of Christ. And the question is, do we want to achieve it that way? So the natural question then is, what, what does that take? Which is what we're already talking about. And to me, it, it's, it requires a, a bit of a culture shift, right? It requires a paradigm shift. It's new lenses, literally, that we put on, and which not the, the way we see church, but the way we see our participation and our interaction in the body of Christ. So what is uh, new wineskins? How many people here... Have, have in the last, say, two or three, four months, has God spoken to you, given you a word in some regard about new wineskins here? Just as by a show of hands. High hands. That's at least eight people, okay? And that was one of the first things that God spoke to me when we got here, which was back in, in June. I wasn't very clear about this before, but my wife and I haven't lived here since, like, 2010, we, we've, I was in the Army, and then I was in school in Houston. And so we haven't lived here. And so us coming back home um, to be near family was, was huge, but so much of that, too, was coming home to freedom. Right? And, and so I was excited to be here. And one of the first things God said to me was new wineskins. And I'm like, well, of course I feel that way because I just got here. You know, I'm a, of course God wants to do something new because anything he does here is new to me. I haven't been here. But then the same things begin to be confirmed and resonated in other people as God speaks, and you think, okay, something is happening, right? God wants to move and, and do something. How many of you feel that? Yeah. So the idea of new wineskins, it, it's sometimes a concept that we, we throw around and it sounds good, but maybe we don't all the way understand it. Do we have Matthew 9? 14 through 17? Nine. You know what? It's chapter nine, but I'm just going to read it. No one sews a piece of unshrunk cloth on an old garment, for the patch pulls away from the garment, and the tear is made worse. Neither is new wine put into old wineskins. Otherwise, the skins burst, and the wine is spilled, and the skins are destroyed. But new wine is put into fresh wineskins, and so both are preserved. You know what I just remembered? Brad, you, you taught me what this means when we went to, I, I swear it was you, when we went to Florida that time. You were on that trip, right? And we, we stayed over at some random house on the way there, and we did a little Bible study. And you explained that to me. That's interesting. Anyway, the, the process is they harvest the wine for that year, and they, it has to be, to keep it, it has to ferment it. And so they made wineskins out of uh, goat hide, 
And in the fermentation process, there's all these gases, and, and the, the whole thing expands. And the skin, while it's fresh, is flexible. And so it expands with, with the wine. But if you take new wine the next year and put it in the old wine skins, they're not flexible anymore. They're rigid. And as the gases come, they burst. And so you lose the skin and you lose the wine. But something that, spoke, that stuck out to me this time I was looking at this is there's nothing wrong with old wine and old wine skins. The old wine is good wine. I mean, really, you know. And this, the scripture talks about so that, so that it's all preserved. The what God has spoken in the past and the ways God has moved and the ways we have accommodated that and the ways we have responded to that are good. Old wine is good. But if we're going to accommodate new wine, we can't put it in old wine skins at the same time. Does that make sense? Yeah. So when God speaks to us now and currently, we have to be flexible enough to respond to that and be obedient and act in faith to do something that maybe looks different, maybe do something that's outside of our comfort zone, maybe change the way we're looking at things. Not to the exclusion of the way God has moved in the past. Does that make sense? Okay. I want to be clear about that. So as I've, as I've already hinted, and what this takes is a new, I kind of vision it like putting on different glasses, right, in which we go, oh, look at that. We see our participation here differently. We see our role in the body differently. And what that naturally does then is starts to change the I to the us and the we. In terms of my prayers now are not just for me and, the, and, and, and my needs through the week, it's for the body. Because I have to have the faith to realize if I ask God to speak to you all, right, and to, and to build you up and to meet your needs and, and, and speak to you, at the end of the day, that's a benefit to me. Because right. I'm getting the benefit of all of you as opposed to just right here. My involvement here is not just about the things that I enjoy or that I will receive from. It's where I'm needed, and it's where I can contribute. You know, I, I thought about this. It was a couple of Tuesday nights ago. When, you know, we, how many of you know we have intercessory prayer here on Tuesday nights at 7 o'clock? How many of you didn't know that? Half of you are just like, whatever. I was thinking about coming. I was getting off of work. And I was like, I don't really think I want to do that today. I don't know if I'm in a position really to receive anything. I'm just, I'd rather just go home and see my kids before they go to bed. And I came anyway. And while it was while I was actually here, God spoke to me and said, it doesn't really matter if I wanted to be, if I was coming for me, right? That, that the purpose was to, it's not intercessory prayer for yourself necessarily. You can do that. But it's intercessory prayer for the church body, for the community, for what God is trying to do in and through us. Right? It's not always about what I'm getting out of it. That's not always the measure of if I'm going to participate in something.
So we've, we've talked a lot, I've talked a lot, about the exchange of gifts in the body, right? The necessity of each one participating, each one functioning as a healthy part of the whole, that that needs to be the paradigm shift and the goal that we set. In a, in a, in, on a spiritual level, I think we understand that. Seek God. Seek God on, the, on behalf of each other, okay? But there's also a very practical element to this, and we've kind of hinted on this too. In, in fact, it's, it's, in this regard, it's very simple, and that, to me, these are fundamentals. Um, the first, share your gift, right? It's for the common good. I mean, it, I wonder how often God will speak to us and give us a word, and we go, oh, that's good. That's good. And we may tell one or two other people. And in reality, it's for everybody, you know? Or God speaks to you about a person, and then you pray for them when you're at your house. In reality, you're supposed to go to that person and say, this is what God told me about you. And you never know when it may confirm something that they've been seeking God for, reveal something to them, or just be a, a major benefit to their spirit, right? I want that for you, and I want that for me. Share the gifts. Amen. And then second, are we investing in these relationships? Um, if we're committed to the body, we, we, we then have to get to know each other. We have to invest in more than the people we're comfortable with. That's kind of what we're, you know, that's that kind of the point of that exercise at the beginning. Is uh, maybe for some of you it was a little bit shocking of like, I actually don't know a lot of people's names here. And this is not a big group of people. You know, but we, we just get so comfortable in a routine. Um, I mean, I'm certainly guilty of that as well. I've seen some of you, I've seen some of you here since I was in fifth grade, and I don't know your name. Okay, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not preaching at you, I promise. Um, I, I'm just, I'm, I'm trying to just give you what I think is true about this. And, you know, some of you are like, well, I don't know. I, I just don't know anybody. Maybe you're relatively new, or maybe you don't, there's not a lot of opportunity to meet people. Um, some people come late and leave early. It's hard to know them, right? And in that regard, I say come and be involved. You know, if we commit to the body, we come and we be involved. Right. Um, Wednesday night groups are an excellent way to start. Excellent. Um, I know Ronnie and, and Charlotte lead the... The, was, is it 50 plus? 50 plus group right here in the sanctuary. Uh, Andy leads the, the men's group Wednesday nights at Bossburg. I already talked about that. Kim leads the ladies 6.30. 6.30 across the street. There's child care available. I'm telling you, if you haven't been, it's, it, it, it will bless you. And it's so necessary, even to the point of just come, and, just come and be plugged in. Come and make those relationships. Come and find out how you fit into the body. You know? And also, for some of us, how, how many of you know that, that intercession and prayer is, is part of how God uses you? Get them up. Man, I, I, I keep seeing when I'm here on Tuesday nights and there's just a couple handful of us, it, it, it would be powerful for us to come together. And if Tuesday nights doesn't work, let's figure out when it does. Because to come together and just dedicate time as a sacrifice of time to intercede and beg the Lord to pour His Spirit out on us. Come on. You know, sir, are we investing in these relationships? Are we investing in, in, in the church in general? Um, 
You know, one is, is with our money. Are we being responsible with the tithe? Um, you know, tithing is, there's, there's kind of a twofold element to tithe when I, when I think about it. One is practical, right? One is if nobody gives any money, then nothing works, right? We don't, we don't pay the bills. We don't pay the people. We don't, you know, there's no church. So there's a practical element. But also, it, it's an act of faith. It's a, it's a celebration of faith. It's a, it's a sacrifice that just simply says, I believe that what I have is because God is good to me. And, in, and, and as a sacrifice of faith to that, I'm going to give some back. I'm going to be obedient in that. Right? But that, again, is an investment, a commitment to the body. It says I'm not just a... I'm more than a receiver here. I'm more than a passive participant. I am a member, a necessary, united, healthy part of this body. Right. And your time. Can I, I'm going to be real with you for a second and say, there's more than 30 people that go to church here, but anytime there's a an event or a function or a new thing, it's, it's, it's real often about the same 30 people that do next to everything. I mean everything. And what it does, it ends up just limiting what we can do. And, it, and it, when you rely on the same people all the time, those people get burnt out. It becomes difficult, you know. And so I, I say this not to condemn you in the least bit, but more so to, to sometimes we feel like if nobody says anything about it, that everything is taken care of. Right? It's easy to assume there's not need unless someone tells you there's need. Right? But I promise you, however God moves you or compels you or motivates you to participate or to serve or to help out, there, there is a spot for you. Am I right? Come on. You know, and in that, do you see an area of need you can meet? Do you already, do you already see an area of need that you can meet? Because I promise you, you will be well-received in that. So meet it. Serve the body. Don't wait for somebody, you know, it doesn't have to be an official function. Just meet the need. You know, um, where's Buddy at? I was just looking at him. You know, would, would, you, would you love to have some adult leaders come and invest in the youth group? If that's on your heart, go talk to Buddy. You know, stuff like that. Just go ask about it. You know, if you, if, you have a, if you have a gift, a talent, you want to use it, do you play music? Do you sing? Um, find Justin. Where is Justin? Find Justin. Am I right? He's like, if, if you're all right. <laughs> you know, and, and do you have an idea, something God has put on your heart, a word, a burden, a passion for something. Um, it's, it, it's often, and I actually feel like God spoke this to me, that it's, it, it's, it's often that we, we will sit and we will say, man, it would be really cool if we did this. It would be awesome if somebody did that or if someone started this. Or if, you know. And maybe, just maybe, the reason you feel that way is because God has spoken that to you. You know? Maybe, maybe it'd be awesome if you did that, right? If you came and said, hey, this is a thing I want to do. Can I run with it? And the answer nine times out of ten is going to be yes. yes. Do it. You know, be obedient. Um, but we often, and, and I'm guilty of this, we often will wait 
just to see if somebody else starts it, somebody else takes the first step, somebody else is the first voice, right? And this has been ringing in my ear again and again and again and again. Don't discount the power of one voice. Don't discount the power of your voice, right? Because right? oftentimes it's not your voice, it's God's voice. And it, don't, maybe it's not, don't wait for somebody else to step out and you to follow. You step out and see how God moves. You know, that all felt a lot like I was kind of yelling at you, to me at least. But I'm really, I'm, I'm really not. I'm, I'm, I'm really, I see these things as foundational, and they're exciting. And, and practically, you see, they don't work unless, unless we buy in, you know, um, unless we really just lay it out and talk about it. And But I do, I want to move into a time of ministry, and I recognize it's a little bit of an energy shift, right? But I, f I feel like this is what God wants us to do. Um, can we um, come up and play? And specifically... If you want prayer, if you're sitting here and you're thinking, okay, this sounds wonderful to me. I want to be involved. I really have no idea how. I don't know what my gift is. I don't know how God wants to use me. I've got all these things that I feel burden me and hold me down and make me feel disqualified and unqualified and just run by fear and just second-guess myself and doubt myself. Um, let's pray for that, okay? for God to reveal your gift, for God to grow your gift, for God to remove those burdens, for you to have grace to recognize that you don't have to be perfect and struggle-free to be a participant, you know? Um, some of us need for forgiveness from sin, to come and just confess some sin and be set free and forgiven. Um, and I think many of us need to decide today to make a commitment to the body, to make a commitment to each other that we're going to be, um, in some regards, accountable for each other, right? That, that I recognize now that my spiritual walk through the week is not, it's not just about me. It's not just about me and, and, and my family. It's about all of us together. Does that make sense? So some of us need to just make that commitment, need to just come and tell somebody else and seal it in prayer and in agreement and make that commitment that we want to see the, the vision that God has for this church explode, right? That we want this to be a place where the presence and the power of God is just felt and known, that people come here and they get saved and they get set free and they get discipled and, they, and we start that over. Right? Discipling people is not, that's not necessarily the pastor's job. Right. He's got a lot of jobs. That's, that's really not one of them. Discipling people happens out here. Discipling people happens in the context of relationship. Right? And some people think, if you, at the very least, if you have nothing else to give, 
it's, it's discipleship and it's mentoring and it's just being present in that regard. And of course, it, any other prayer requests, if you need healing, if you need whatever, whatever's on your heart, please respond to, to prayer. And if, that, if none of that applies to you, what I want to do is just, while we're doing that, have a time of worship. Just invite the Lord to move. And if, if, if you don't need prayer, if you want to come and minister for somebody else who does, do that. If you sit in your seat, intercede. If you pray in the Spirit, pray in the Spirit. All right? Let's participate together. Even if whatever's happening really has nothing to do with you, it does. You see? That's part of that paradigm shift. That's part of the difference that when God moves on one of us, he essentially moves on all of us. Okay, can I get some, some, some praying people? People to pray for other people. You, 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 you. And let's go ahead and stand up, and we are going to, let's, let's worship, and let's pray, and let's intercede, and let's ask God to move. <laughs>